You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at REMAX Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at REMAX Advantage Plus. Bon dia. Oh my God, what a great day in Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota? Minnesota. She's the wet one. Hey, I'll let you know something here. Texas yeah. Roadhouse is now open in Shakopee. Uh, Buffalo Wild Wings stock has reportedly started tanking. <laughs> Their number one customer is moving location. <laughs> that's my, that's a different, that's my office. It's not my ah, place of eating. Yeah. It's a open. pleasure. Yeah, we uh we had one up in uh, Coon Rapids. They were putting out reports, and and I don't not saying anything that anybody else couldn't Google um, of the number one and two and three and four and five restaurants, and number three was like the Texas for spreading the uh, the old COVID. <laughs> it had like five outbreaks. Oh really? Oh, really? Uh huh. But I'll. At eleven, it's packed. You go by at nine o'clock at night, it's packed. It, they they've got a good uh, rhythm there. We'd like them as a show sponsor. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I'll tell you what. I was uh, if I had to com- compare, I would compare Outback and Roadhouse. Not even close. Especially the Bone In Ribeye. It's way better at the Roadhouse. Must be Texas. Same. They're serving it, Chris. It, it's the it's the cowgirl or cowboy coming out. You just ranch. <laughs> That's me. No. Well, what are we talking uh, about? You scream, cowboy. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Well. So, anyways, um, good to see you again, Andy. You too. What are we talking? What what is happening in the market? That's a good question. You know, it's a weird time of the year for a lot mm-hmm. of people. A lot of people think we should stop and quit and be done, but uh, the market still is still moving. Um, gosh, we got we're working on stuff to bring on the market. Uh, the stuff we have uh, removed a couple that are are waiting until uh, next spring. Yeah, and continuing on on some others, but uh, we have other ones coming on as well. We still have buyers looking, so it was it was funny. There was a survey that we were we were looking at this week, and I I'm not trying to be political at all, but it was funny. It said it goes, uh, "What are the number like top three things you want your president to to uh, pay attention to regarding the economy?" And number one, like 22 percent said to retire. <laughs> And then it was like jobs and, you know, the debt ceiling and all these other things. It was, oh my gosh. I started, la- so here's the thing. Um, I think the the sheet is going to be taken off and we're going to see what's really underneath there eventually because we're going to run out of gas on money. We're going to run out of a lot of things that are going on in the world that are falsely propping, including the stock market, which Google it, the government's still buying stocks to keep the market propped up do those things for so long and artificially stimulating economies for so long and then eventually you know like the other day 
we were uh my brothers and i we were we were like hey let's go have um lunch at, at portillo's in maple grove i mean i'm talking that has to be a three million dollar building um on a two million dollar lot you know it, it's got to be a five million dollar investment and they weren't open for lunch which is their number one um timeline because they didn't have enough employees and they were limiting their their menu to like hot dogs and and like uh their their beef sandwich because nothing else was being available and it's like ask like hey what's the problem they're like people apply for jobs to meet the requirements of the unemployment and do not show up for the job when we offer it to them people are just not working and and it's it's a struggle, man. And, and what, here's the sad thing about it, Chris, is I, what I worry about a little bit is that these people are like almost like holding out, thinking they can do this forever. The businesses aren't going to wait. The businesses, the businesses are going to start dressing up robots like cowboys and serving your steaks if they can't find servers. You know what I'm saying? It's like it'll get to that point where they'll find a way to survive. They're not going to let the lack of workers, you know, come to their demise. They'll just have to start automating things or doing other ways of doing business to survive. And I just warn people a little bit because some of those jobs that are 15, 17, 18 bucks an hour for clearing tables and, you know, and, and ordering hot dogs and doing whatever are nice jobs. I mean, you know, especially if you're retired or you're part-time or whatever, I, I get it. It's probably not a full-time make a living, provide for your family kind of a job, but there's a lot of people that need those nice part-time jobs. And I think they're going to go away if they're not too careful here. Yeah, there wasn't uh, an employee shortage at Texas Roadhouse last night, which was nice to see. I mean, it, the service was really good, fast, quick, and um, but I see it everywhere else. I'll tell you, I mean, we're yeah. on the road every day, and we're going out and and doing our thing, and I, I've seen it everywhere. I mean, I can't believe how many are closed for lunch. Yeah. I mean, flat out closed for lunch, and they it's totally, they just don't have enough employees, and they're just trying to you know get them there i mean even well, my about this. if you're if you're gonna be a waiter for a living which i've had lots of my customers that are up, um and and you go work the lunch shift and you make 60 bucks versus you do the night shift and you make 250 bucks i mean a big difference there i mean it's like you can actually make a living on a night shift and not a day shift but i'll tell you what it'll change the way people live and right now everybody's about convenience if you can't get convenience what do you do you're gonna have to start bagging brown bagging again i mean we should be, you know, what we should be doing, Chris, buying stock in uh, uh, paper bag companies right now because they're, they're coming back. The brown, the brown sack lunch is coming back. <laughs> okay, that's my investment <laughs> tip of the day. So I have to admit, so we're we, yeah. are, the waiting line was like an hour and forty minutes at Roadhouse, and so we we went over to Chili's, and I went in the back, and what I was really. I went through kind of like their to-go order area. And then we yeah. just sat at the bar for a little bit. And I looked over and they have this whole racking system. And it was, you know, all the to-go order food. I could not believe how much to-go order food people do. I mean, I don't ever remember that being a big thing. And I know COVID had happened, but it's still happening. It's crazy how much. Yeah, we, we did that at Famous Dave's the other day, too. They were They were just stacked up order after order after order. Oh, well, I, I got a solution for you guys. Come here. Come to Brazil. Yeah. Don't deal with that madness. Just come here and live happy.
is is it a prerequisite to wear those socks? Can we see those socks again? What was what was? They were actually the uh, born born free socks with an eagle. So I had uh, my American Spirit socks nice. on. Oh, okay. Oh, but the funny thing I, is those socks were made in China. I found out when I was wearing them. It's crazy. Yeah. I think uh Andy, I think Andy, did you know did you know my wife about 26 years ago? I think that should be your son right there. That kid. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I remember that article that they wrote about your son in the Star Tribune and they used the whole back page of the sports section. The whole back page? Or was it the front page? Oh Remember? yeah, yeah. I, it was the front page of the sports section. Yep. Yeah, and he was sitting there in his Namaste pose, wearing a, a Dolce suit or something, and I'm like, "Who is this guy?" And I absolutely loved it. Uh, well, he's not. Uh, he's not listening. Uh, busy talking. drinking his vino is what he's doing. He's lying Let's up get to the content. Let's get the people what they want. How do we prepare yep. our homes for the winter? Oh, that's the scrolling bar telling us what to focus on. I got it. Okay. Um, preparing your home for winter. Remember, number one, shut your windows. Number one. Um, <laughs> Guys, brilliant. I'm telling you. No, you know, I think like easy stuff to remember, like getting ready for winter. Things like your exterior um, sprinklers, your, you know, your exterior faucets, um, your hoses. Um, all that kind of stuff. We we all these that's obvious stuff, but for winter for a winter sale. We're almost at the end of the paint the pillar, um, seal coat the driveway. I think the tar plants are gonna try to make it the asphalt plants are trying to go one more week. Um, and then the, the limited production and then they shut down. So new driveways are gonna be done. Um, you know, and when they shut down, there's a reason. They're, that's because it's just the products will start to fail because they're being installed and they're too cold. Um, but uh, you can still get your new garage doors done. You could still pop in and out windows if you need to fix them. Still for that stuff because it's not 30 below zero yet. You know, it's it's still 40, 50 degrees in the afternoon. Heck, last weekend it was 70 degrees in the in the, the weekdays. But those are the days you want to get your paints on, your, your exterior stuff done. Um, wrap up those deck projects. Wrap up the fence projects. Um, we even used to have uh, um, the, the guys come in, the landscapers come in and talk about trimming up your shrubs in the fall to give some fun shapes. So when the snow hits us, there's things to look at out the windows, you know, interesting architectural accents to look at. And, you know, or that's when you want to throw the, the, the statuary or the fountain or the something to visually throw people's attention in a direction is what we used to talk about quite a bit. Yeah, I think it's a big thing in the winter is to try to get some additional color uh, if you don't have a lot, because obviously we we lose out on green grass and flowers and all that. Uh, you can do fake flowers, but a lot of times if you do the, you know, the, the what are they called um, that people do all the time? Oh, boy, I can't remember what it is, but it's uh, mums and that kind of stuff. Yeah, that that really... I mean, they really help. And then the other thing is, is, is getting prepared to, from the first snowfall, because I don't know, rumor has it we're going to start getting it, but is to be, if you're going to list your house, be really cognizant of how you're plowing and shoveling and not making one huge monster pile. And it just be, 
and if you have a plow guy, you just tell them to be, you know, hey, this this snow goes to here or push it out all around like equally. Because I'll tell you what, there's nothing worse when you come in and you see this big, huge, you know, mound. You know the grass is completely destroyed underneath of it uh, in what they did. But just to be able to kind of keep that neat and clean because that's that's people's first impression. If you were like me back in the day when I used to have a bobcat at my house, you know, one of those uh, skid loaders um, for for basically the only reason is because um, and we would take all the snow from my cul-de-sac and I would intentionally put it all in my yard so that I could make these ice shoots for the kids to. Of course, a couple you hundred would. bucks worth of sod in the spring. You know, I didn't care. I was. Yeah. And, you know, and that's all fun and dandy. But when it comes time to sell, you know, you have to you have to try to be a little more. Um, what's the word? I guess you, you just need you don't want to stand out with things that uh, kind of overshadow your house. We talk about it a lot with furniture inside. You know, when yeah. people have great furniture or outlandish furniture, people are looking at that more than they are looking at the house. Right. They're not buying, they're not buying that furniture or they're not buying that that shoot. But that also could show, I mean, if you you did that, that could also show a lifestyle at that house as well that maybe someone didn't think about. And it can be a memorable thing. Yeah. So it's like, well, remember that one we went by that had the shoot over in Champlain? And you could go right down and into into the pond in the back. Whatever, whatever. Hey, does your does your fountain stay on all uh, winter or not? Um, you know, I've got a what they call a pond a pondless waterfall in the front. So what that means is that it looks like it's a creek, and it flows around. I got this little fake island in the middle with the little palm tree on it and everything, and the water flows around it, and then basically dumps off one last little waterfall and disappears into the rock. There's an underground basin that's dug out that stores the water. That I can run pretty close to all year. The challenge we face is that once it gets to the end of like December, um, that water, when it, it um, what do you call that, uh, splashes or whatever, will actually start freezing and freezing to the point of where then the water falls all underneath the water. You don't flowing anymore. So the only way to combat that is to put a, a uh, like a little heater in there. And um, that helps quite a bit. But it, it, it's not a perfect science. So I usually, right after Thanksgiving, unplug it. The one in the back, I've got a big koi pond. That one I've already unplugged for the season. Because the, the animals that are, the, the fish, the frogs, the everything else that lives in there, they're settling down into the leaves on the bottom right now, trying to winter. Um, and then when it starts freezing over, I usually throw um, a little bubbler in it just to keep it so that there's oxygen under the, the but that's, that's totally my choice. I don't have to do any of that. But I think that would be something kind of cool to be invest invest in some sort of heater under under there. I mean, if you were listing your house, so it's it's things like that that I think would be really advantageous uh, yeah. and, and set you apart from other places. Now, if you are going to list this winter and you did not get to the outdoor projects that Andy talked about earlier, uh, that's a that could be a problem uh, for you when it comes time to sell. Um, I always try to get my the agents to understand right away that maybe hey we didn't rather than trying maybe they won't see it is saying hey just want to let you know that this kind of came up quick to be able to sell 
and they just didn't get to that project. It's something that we're going to account for or, or put money towards or that we priced it based on that. But if you can set their expectations ahead of time, it's a lot better than them coming there and seeing it because in the, in the winter, it shows a lot more. Well, not only that, Chris, the, uh, the other thing I was going to say is with um, featuring things like, you know, wooded lots or, you know, areas where there's lots of trees, having everything trimmed up and making it look nice to take the emphasis off of the maintenance of those trees, making sure all the leaves are completely removed from the property. Even if you normally leave them underneath the flower beds and protect the hostas with them or whatever, it, this might be the year where you don't do that and you get them all out of there. And so that it doesn't look like, oh, my God, this would be a five hour project every other day in the fall, which it probably is. But they don't, you know, the buyer, you don't want to be deceptive because trees are trees. I mean, people are smart enough to know that, but you don't want to also put it in their face like, hey, here's your, you know, to do list. You know, we, we've concentrated a lot on the outside uh, with winter because uh, for obvious reasons, but the inside changes as well with uh, holidays, holiday decorations, smells. You know, you don't have windows open all the time and, and air flowing. So smells can, you know, really come out uh, during the winter. And then another thing that we don't get to use a lot when we're showing houses is a fireplace. And that can yeah. really be a, a good thing and cozy thing. And the and another thing is that in the winter, this is, this is earth shattering, but uh, you have to think this way, is that it gets, it's cold outside. And if you're, if your heating doesn't work properly, you know, so like from the basement, if all that heat escapes, I mean, it really shows and it really gives in. And in some cases, you know, that's probably the best time to buy a house is to see it in its worst shape. You know, you can yeah. kind of fool them uh, in the summer, but in the winter, you got to be really uh, aware of that. And sometimes, people, well, I was going to say some people have... Uh, you know, like, hey, I only want in the winter, I want it to go down to 62 at night. And then you can't do that. It's got to be it's got to be nice. Yeah. Well, and I was going to say two things, something as simple as like an accent, like a fall winter um, accent, like a fireplace, a gas fireplace. A lot of people have deferred maintenance on those items. They haven't, you know, touched them since they were new. The glass is completely stained on it. And a lot of people don't know that you can actually have service calls done on those where they clean the glass for you, they rearrange the logs, they put some more ambers onto the uh, um, onto the fire bed and, and spruce it up a little bit and make it look really nice. It's, it's kind of important to do because we don't think about it because we just flip it on and it's just in the background, but a new buyer will definitely look at that fireplace and say, hey, what a nice feature. And wow, look at how nice and clean it is. Look at those flames. You know, those are all the things that get people excited, right? Thinking about being warm and cozy and, uh, you know, nestled up and enjoying that fireplace. So that maintenance is something that I would also recommend before you do an open house or do a showing with a fireplace on, make sure that you get that cleaned up. And Service. I think the whole, the whole holiday season, Thanksgiving, then Christmas, I think you got to be, talk to your agent <laughs> about how you want to be able to handle that. Because sometimes when you go crazy on Christmas stuff, it, I mean, it could hurt you, but sometimes if you go not enough, it could also hurt you. So there's, there's kind of a, it, it, it depends what your house is. You know what I mean? From uh, when you're, uh, if you have a, a smaller house 
and you put all these decorations in it to make it look even smaller, that's going to be a problem when you're selling. So you got to be subtle. Maybe there's not an area to put a Christmas tree and it ends up going in the in the dining room area and you have to move the table out of there. Well, that's that's a problem. You know, so you have to kind of be able to look at that and kind of adjust uh, with what your house is. It's 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 really staging at that point. Okay, what challenges do buyers and sellers face in the winter? I mean, I, I think for a buyer is not being able to see everything uh, from what they could see with their perspective that happens in, in the summer. So that's kind of a big uh, thing that they, they have to kind of get past. But like I was saying before, I think in a way it might be even better for a buyer to be able to see how that house functions in its in its worst element. So I think that's important. And, and then obviously the seller's face, when you have a seller, the other, when you list your house, it's, it's a pain in the butt. I mean, it really is. If you don't get a sale right away, you know, now you're, you're not only cleaning and packing up and, and doing all that stuff, but now you got to get out of the house again. And the other thing is, is the sidewalks and driveways and keeping them, them clear. Because if those are icy, I mean, they won't even get into the house. They've already made their uh, opinion, you know, at that point. And then the other thing is, and Andy, you've probably seen this uh, as well, but in the winter, you can really find out what that sidewalk looks like from a standpoint of if it's cracking or if it's uh, elevations are a little off, because as a someone that's watching themselves so they don't fall down, they're looking down at it the whole time. And so some of those little little things that you might have walked right past in the in the summer, you're going to really see them right now. For sure. I think that, you know, safety and, and all those little things that you don't notice. Um, and, you know, and the other thing is, too, though, is remember, I think a lot of people look at a new house and they think, you know, uh, everything has to be perfect. And that, that's not always the case, even with new houses. So when you have an existing house that's, you know, 20, 30 years old and or 15 years old or whatever it is, you know, you just want to make sure that it's it's um, at a level of where it's it's in line with what everybody else has in that price range. Now, to put a new sidewalk in or a new stoop or a new whatever, and let's say you spend three to five thousand, if you can even find somebody to do it for you, um, and you spend that kind of an investment, a person that just replaced one on a house that they sold will appreciate that. But an average consumer that has never owned a house before just assumes it's like new tires on a car. They just assume that the tires on the car are included. There's no extra value for that because it, it's required to make the whole thing work. So it's one of those odd, you know, kind of situations where utility level stuff like walkways and furnaces and, and, and you know, like, like I've always said, the best time to sell when you're having trouble with an HVAC system is usually the winter because furnaces usually heat very easy. It's the cooling part that's the challenge for most HVAC systems and, you know, are cooling, you know, properly. And so that that might be something else that you look at as well as. Make sure, you know, like you and I both agree on this, Chris, when we do um, showings or open houses, if the heat's on, make sure the heat's on. If the air's on, make sure the air's on so that actually people walk in and go, ooh, the air works, right? That's what you want them to say, so. Yeah, I hear that in the summer too, and I hear a lot from people on the lake because they're like, no, you want, you want that fresh breeze coming off the water. But the thing is, is that it's not just uh, keeping that temperature controlled and so people are comfortable, but it's also noises. And when you yeah. hear noises that are from outside that might not be 
unruly. The other day I was uh, walking on a lake home and a plane was coming in and landing on the water. You know, that, that gets kind of loud, but it's cool. I mean, it, it's, it's cool, but it's kind of, it's, a, it's, a, it's like a, whoa, it stops and, every, and everyone looks. Well, again, that's just taken away from uh, your listing. And when we're inside, I mean, it's just, and you could still hear it, but with the doors open, it was like super loud. Because it was right on the land, kind of the landing strip. And you don't get a lot of that, but it's, uh, I don't know, kind of cool. Um, That's Andy. <laughs> what, what, uh, what up? What do you need from me now? You guys want me to... Yeah, we've been hitting on, hitting on all our topics throughout this, but... Uh... Andy's analogy, what are some good investments to make on your home for the winter? You were talking about the heating, um, the, the yard things. So let's, let's dive in deep there. Um, you know, carpet's always a good one. You know, when you get into, um, you know, the talk about the old uh, permeating smells that you don't realize when your windows are open. Um, you know, pets um, a lot of times leave behind remnants um, in the carpet, even though you can't see it, you can smell it. Um, if you have some really fun foods you like to cook, that, uh, you know, smell like food in your house, um, you may want to take an opportunity to uh, look at that as well. Like we always say, have your buddy that's honest, come over and be honest with you and tell you if your house stinks or not. Because once they get buttoned up and you walk in, and you're like, what is that weird smell? That that turns people off so much and they sit there trying to figure out what the smell is. It's like everybody's got this mystery. Why are they selling? Why does it smell? Why does it this? Why does it that? You know, and that that is a uh, human curiosity that I don't think we can do much about. But um, if you walk in and you smell fresh cookies or you walk in and you smell, you know, some fresh baked bread or something that people like, Ooh, and they can, you know, you want people to feel at home. Not everybody bakes bread, not everybody bakes cookies, but everybody likes the smell of that. That's why Subway bakes their stuff right in their stores and pumps the, the smell out right over their front door. So when you walk in, you're like, Whoa, you smell like you've been in a bread store. And, and that's intentional guys. That's nothing more than hundred percent, you know, get you to under the ether, get you excited, um, get you, you know, revved up to buy that house. So um, I don't know, other good investments in houses like that. Like I said, a lot of the maintenance is, is key. Um, your windows now that have broken seals will probably really show themselves. They're going to fog up, you know, the window that has fog in there that if you have a two pane window system, that's just the gas seal has, has been broken or compromised and you need to call. Um, there's, there's tons of companies now that will come out. They pop that sill right out or the sash out and they replace the glass. They repack it together, put the window back in and it looks like a brand new window. So Andy, how about like uh, holiday lighting on their house? I think that would be a good investment. You know, it's fun. I, I, um, I don't mind so much. Like if you are selling during the holiday season, odds are that you're very preoccupied because for somebody to want to move during the holiday season, something's off like you know either their their new house they've been waiting for and it's six months past its closing date and they're finally closing and they want to get in for christmas i get that um or it's a job transfer so most people are gonna be really preoccupied so the odds of you having the holiday lighting up let alone getting the house ready to sell are probably the battle right i see a lot of houses this time of year that are brought to market that are not prepared at all the carpets are not clean the because everybody's in a hustle and they're trying to scramble to get the houses sold um, my spring buyers and spring sellers are usually the ones that use all of this time to get everything ready. And they're like the perfect A student, you know, that has everything done just right. 
And um, so anyway. Yeah, we've done, you know, when listing their house, we've also decorated our for sale sign mm -hmm. with some wreaths and stuff and maybe some bows. And uh, I think that that just gives it kind of just a, a, a different feel. And again, it's it's sure. a first impression type thing. I think well, it, even, even really doing cool. like you said, Chris, like some spruce tips or something right by the front doors. Um, and even if the real estate agent says, hey, let me do this for you. You guys are already out of town. You're already in Colorado, Chicago, wherever you're moving to. Let me put a couple of these out there for you at 39 bucks a piece at Costco and uh, or wherever you like to shop. I mean, Bachman's has some stunning and there's some new company called Grand and something that just came out that I heard they'll actually deliver them, set them up for you. I'm really intrigued to hear about their programs um they make the the baskets bring them out set them up hang them yeah i think too when i when i think about marketing the house for sale in the winter uh there's just a like what i want i mean usually it, it feels cold so the the fresher the snow that we can get the better to take yep. pictures on you can make it super cool that way and then the other way to kind of get uh maybe a different feel for it is like twilight photos when you do twilight photos in the winter, it can look super cool. Um, and if you're super lucky and you get one of those uh, snows that uh, crystallize on the trees and you can snap them, yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah, I'll tell that's, you what, cool. that's another thing, too. If you're if you're thinking about listing your house in the spring, everyone says, hey, get all the pictures you can in the summer. But if you have some cool things in the winter, that's they're fantastic uh, pictures to use. So grab those now if you think that you're going to do it the in the spring yeah and you know you know chris you and i both agree on the same thing here with um so all of a sudden you're going through a listing that just listed and let's say next week it snows and it's listing next friday and they put on um you know the uh the uh the snow pictures and then it jumps right to grass pictures and summer pictures you and i both know the first gut instinct of that buyer is huh so this has been on the market since the summer and they haven't been able to sell it so one of the things that I like to do is I'd say, if you'd like to see summer pictures of this home, email us and we'll send them, gladly send them to you. And then we send out like a, a nice brochure that shows, you know, or we'll do it as an attachment on the MLS and, um, you know, go from there. Yeah. All those things that are just showed up on Facebook, I think are uh, really, really important. And fake flowers do work in the winter as well. You can, it just it's all about getting some sort of color and just setting yourself apart. Mm -hmm. um, what about the inside too? You guys hit on, hit on this a couple times. Yeah, obviously the the fireplace thing is a is a huge part. Andy's one hundred percent right. You can you can YouTube that and how to clean it yourself. There's people that do it. We do it on almost all of our listings because we have a guy that'll come and do it for like under fifty dollars per fireplace. Uh, does a fantastic job, cleans it, wow. and it just looks fantastic. And um, and scents, <laughs> is, smelling is a huge. It's it's obviously one of our senses, and uh, very important when when selling a house. And well, it gets it, amplified, right? I think that when you're inside of a house, it it just amplifies everything. In the winter, because it's all closed up, uh, exactly, and you're not opening closing doors all the time, so. I, yeah, that's that's one of the biggest things because when people come in, they start sniffing right away. And you know another thing that I just thought of is is a is a bigger rug when you come in because your shoes are an absolute mess. 
And yep. if you have a bigger rug, typically we want a smaller one because we want to be able to have that foyer look bigger. But I would say uh, getting a bigger rug as well, because there's nothing worse than if someone does take off their shoes and it's kind of laying all over your wood um, foyer. And it just gives them a sense of, gosh, we can't even have people over here. They're going to ruin our wood floors. Just weird things. Right. Like that. Well, they, if they got, especially if they have snow or rain or whatever, and those those that footwear is wet, and then they try to go put their shoes back on to leave, and they're squishing in the water. It it's actually a, a very hard time of year for that. So be very you know cognizant of that when you're selling your house to be, you know, checking that, making sure your your mats and your maybe you have a couple rotatable um, you know floor foyer um, coverings um, just for that purpose alone. Well, just think about open houses too. I mean, you know what happens in the summer. Everyone takes their shoes off before they even come in the house. So they're all sitting outside. Now move that all inside. How's that going to show on your house? So those are, those are some challenges that happen in, in the winter. That And you have to think about those because there's always things that are not going to be perfect about a house, but people justify them. And then they also eliminate them. And sometimes when they say, you know what, that foyer's too small. I can't have more than seven people over because their mm -hmm. shoes don't fit. That's sometimes like, I'm done. Forget it. It might be one too many things. And so those are, sometimes people say, oh my gosh, Chris, that's a little too, that's a little too much. And I said, no, it's not. No. I'm telling you, you don't have to do it, but I have to tell you. Because if I don't yeah. tell you, if someone doesn't do it, because well, that that, and, that, and what do you sit on, right? You need, you need a bench. So when people are putting their shoes on and off, I mean, something else to consider, you know, with our, especially new construction, you know, when stagers come in and out of there, I'm like, I want a chair or a bench or something in the foyer on every house for that one person that has the tie up boots or the, you know, little old lady, little old man, whatever it is, that needs to sit down and put their, your footwear back on. And it's important. I mean, you want to be accommodating because guess what? That's the person that's going to visit that house once they own it. So if they don't like it or feel comfortable, they're not going to encourage the purchase. So you want to get everybody on your side. Hey, Andy, I I, I mean, and this may be a shameless plug, but you do a lot of business. You do a lot of stuff with new constructions. You see a lot of different homes. I'm in the process right now. I want to get your opinion of it, but I'm in the process of doing uh, a flip and re kind of basically redoing this whole house. And it's a upper bracket luxury type place uh, on, on a water. And considering a hall entryway closet versus hooks and a mudroom right around the corner. Do you take out a little piece of that mudroom to do an entryway closet or do you hooks and then just, if you have company over, you just go around and put it in the, in the mudroom. So with new construction floor plan wise, people go crazy when they don't have a closet. Um, existing houses, I think they're more forgiving because they've been quote remodeled. And this is the new cool way to do it because we wanted a big locker or a big bench with hooks above it. Um, I think there's some forgiveness in the existing market, but it's funny to me how people still, you know, in all sizes of houses want a foyer closet. And like I said, some of these closets are so small, you can only fit about 10 jackets in them, you know, and they're packed in there. And so it's not like they're going to function for more than just you. So, you know, but if one of the things that we, have gotten a lot of traction with Chris is doing a big walk-in closet in the mudrooms when we have the space. Um, that is just a knock it out of the park. Everybody is so excited about that because then they can throw all their stuff in there, shut the door and it's hidden, you know? So yeah, I get I, a lot of feedback. I think about it and I'm like, 
So during the winter, you're probably, I mean, that's when you typically will have coats on. And so let's just say half the year that you, you might use that guest hallway foyer closet. And then maybe four times you'll have people over to your house, maybe yep. during that time. Do you dedicate a whole closet to that or make a bigger one in the mudroom where you can just put their coats in when they come visit? Well, you know, my father-in-law, he passed away years ago, but he made us all these really nice um, coat racks that are, you know, and I, during the holidays, I bring that out and people just, I get 30 coats hanging on one little coat rack in my foyer. And, you know, maybe what you do is you set a coat rack out um, as a staging thing, because I would rather have the hooks on the wall and a nice bench or something than to have the closet. Because I think the closet's just an excuse for you to throw all your crap in there. You jam your, you know, your uh, vacuums in there, all your, you know, boots you don't wear that time of the year, whatever it is. And it, it doesn't, becomes a catch-all that you don't need right in your foyer. So, you know, to me, the idea there is if you're looking for a place to store your coats um, and you don't have this space, I'd rather have something open um, and in less closet. Um, but that's me personally, especially if it was like just my wife and I and we had guests occasionally on the holidays. I'd bring out Bob's coat rack and set it down and let everybody hang their stuff on the coat rack for three, four times a year we do that. Yeah, but when you have parties, it's it's not for two or three people. It's for 40 and I mean, you can't fit them all in that closet anyway. So you're, what you're saying is exactly right. We'd have I mean, thrown them on the floor half the time. When when the, when we do those bigger parties, we literally say, "Hey, you know, we put you know 20 coats in a pile in our in our front um, office, and it, it is what it is. Zip your pocket shut so your stuff doesn't fall out because I have nowhere to keep your coats." Andy, what is your favorite scent for a winter home when you're you want to market a home pizza. and do an open house? That would be pizza. I'm just kidding. Um, I would. <laughs> no, well, who doesn't? Who doesn't love when you walk into a pizzeria and you go, oh, 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 oh. right? Um, but on the other hand, you know, just not having that perfumey smelling crap. I, I think it's. I know what I don't like. Um, I actually really like linen. Um, you know, when they, it smells like fresh clothes, almost. That's a nice smell too. If you have to do an artificial scent. Um, I don't, otherwise just do natural sense if you can. Um, if you have an open fireplace, you have a fire, that's a nice little, you know, reminder, but you don't want it to smell smoky, but you know, you can still smell the fire when a fire is on. Um, you know, if there's some, like, again, baked goods are, are very, uh, easy to do. Um, you know, but. Yeah, I'll tell you, I, I found, uh, a little trick on, I, I just was, I was going through my Amazon prime and all of a sudden I kind of saw it over here. But they're charcoal bags, and, and they're in kind of like a, a just a little a little stack almost like that. Yeah. And you and you can hang them in your closets and stuff. And I was just I went in my closet one day. I'm like, God, it just doesn't. I mean, when you when you add shoes and you put you know clothes and workout clothes, all that kind of stuff in your closet, it can start kind of changing. Yeah, they're right there. Yeah, perfect. And these things are amazing. They don't smell but they just give it a, a, a natural, it takes out the odors and you can just, where they, those little holes are, you just, there's little hangers and you just hang them in your closet. You don't even see them, but I tried it and I threw one in my, I threw one in my car and it's amazing. It smells just totally normal. So there's, there's your little there, thing today. Remember this, the old uh, sky mall when you'd fly places, right? Oh yeah. I remember I was flipping through there one day and says, Hey, 
the days where you got your stomach rumbling, get these new charcoal underwear and nobody will know what's happening. And I'm like, Come I, on. I, swear God, I swear to God, they sell charcoal underwear. So you literally. How to prepare your home for winter. For winter. Disconnect any hoses <laughs> and shut off the water to any outdoor sites that you have. If you don't have frost-free mixtures with a bleeder screw, your shut off is likely in your mechanical room. Find someone that knows how to take off your exterior spigot, first of all. Is, is that, um, was that echoing or is that fine? Echo. Okay, hold on. Let's try again. How to prepare your home for winter. Disconnect any hoses and shut off the water to any outdoor spigots that you have. If you don't have frost-free fixtures with a bleeder screw, your shutoff is likely in your mechanical room. If you have a sprinkler system, turn it off and have the water lines blown out. Here we're letting out the excess water once our system was blown out. Next, you'll want to turn your furnace on and test it to make sure it works. You may want to schedule a tune-up with your local HVAC company. Also, make sure you change the filters. Next up, you'll want to change your April air filter. An April air system will add moisture to your home, especially if you live in a dry climate. This helps prevent your woodwork from expanding and contracting too much. Once the filter is changed, you want to make sure you turn the April air system on. To keep an eye on the humidity, we put these sensors throughout the home so we can adjust the April air accordingly. Next, you'll want to clean your air exchanger filters and lastly, clean your gutters out. For our full maintenance guide, click the link in our bio to join our email list. I think Andy does that for his clients. Anyone who sells or buys with Andy, he goes and gets them ready for the winter. Anyone that pays a full 7% gets that service, yes. So how many we, people no, are listen, on that service of yours, Andy? Listen, the only thing I was disagreeing with on with those two is that they were using soapy water to clean those air filters. Because nothing, there's unless it's a special soap, that is not really soap because soap makes things sticky. So that air filter, they take that out and they think they're cleaning it because they're scrubbing it with soap. And all they're doing is making it sticky. So the next time dust blows through there, it gets gummed up faster, gets dirtier, and they actually recommend you just use hot water to clean a lot of those items, um, not and and not to use actually anything that will create an adhesive, you know, adhesive kind of. And the, the odds of your uh, spigot, if you have frost free, which most people do now, if you have frost free, the the odds of them freezing up are very very rare. But yeah, you, you I usually wait until on February to take mine down. You what? My, I said, I usually wait till about February to take mine down. I know. This next one uh, reminded me of Andy, something that you would do. <laughs> it is. He should. He should. You should. Uh, I, uh, have you ever dressed up on your on your movie uh, things? Have you ever dressed up or done something like that? Like, uh, you know, I mean, because you you are you're so good with the kids. I just. I, I usually I usually uh, wear kind of the same gig everywhere I go. Kind of like what I'm wearing today. I, I you know, I'm kind of a repeat offender. Um, and then, uh, but at those events, I do have like, oh my gosh, two years ago, the all the dads, I was like, what's the ruckus? We hired these two princesses to come in and uh, the the one that's underwater princess thing and uh, and the redhead. And then uh, there was uh, one of the frozen girls um, from the movie came in and they were sitting there and I was like, wonder why all the dads and I, I look over 
uh, yeah, these two were dressed like princesses, and the dads are like, I'd like a picture with the princesses. It was awesome. So it was a dual. The kids were excited. The dads were excited. The moms were uh, putting a little uh, something in their coffees over in the corner. <laughs> they have a bar in our movie theater, so that's why they do that now. It's, it's, it's okay. <laughs> this next one is uh, about fireplaces because we were talking a lot about it and the importance during the winter. I mean that that is it's I mean that's that's marketing. I mean that's simple marketing and it get, it puts your own imagination to it. I think so so many times when you try to force people what to to like it kind of it it stops you from appealing to most of the people because however I looked at that is probably different than what Andy did. I mean did you not did you guys not imagine kind of what you would do sitting by that fireplace? I mean, that's what I was kind of thinking. It was like a, a very rare day that I would sit around on an early Sunday I morning. Say, I don't think either one of us ever relaxed. So what are you talking about? The, the thought of relaxing, though. The, that's all you have to have is the thought of it. And that's sometimes better than the reality. Yeah. If I ever did want to relax, that's where I would do it. That's what I usually say. The second I sit down, I fall asleep. Ask my family. I'm oh, literally, then, I run, 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 and then I'll sit down on the couch. I don't care if it's 6 o'clock at night or 9 o'clock at night. I got about 15 minutes into a show, and I'm. And throwing that dog in at the end is a really, it's a, yeah, but it's a really unique little thing, you know, right at the end. That was that was good. Well, and I think that, you know, with a lot of the, um, you know, younger uh, kids that, that are, you know, kids, adults, whatever you want to call them, that are out there, um, and they have coffee shops with dogs and restaurants that like dogs. It's become kind of a lifestyle thing, you know, where they, it's kind of the cool thing to allow your dog. And, you know, for me that, uh, it, the older generations are like, oh, there was a pet there. I bet there's hair everywhere, you know, and the young kids are like, oh, cute. Look at the dog. And now we can have our dog. Um, but. I beat the thing up, now stop and let your homeboy hit it. That's true. What was happening there? She's uh, at cold weather showings. You have to bundle up and wear a coat, but you can wear anything underneath that you want. And that is kind of funny for a realtor. Uh, once it started going, I have like a pullover that I use um, for showings. And it is, it's great because you can wear a t-shirt. You don't have to wear, you know, one of these kind of shirts because you got that pullover over the top. So I, that's a good realtor one. It's I just, so yeah, I think it's interesting that, the the show you're you're an agent just doing a quick little video like that that you can relate to other agents. I just think it's kind of interesting uh, marketing. We you know it's interesting, Nick, is we just um because I know you're kind of you curiosity with this stuff. And what's interesting is they were talking. I was at a seminar all day yesterday, and there was a a speaker that came in, um, and we were talking, and his name was uh, Ross uh, Bernstein. He's written a lot of books, um, sports books. He's written about fifty different sports books. And he was talking and he thought how real estate agents are ruining their own credibility by pulling up and doing a lot of the, you know, like, oh, hey, look at this house. I own this house. I rent it out for $2,500 a month. I'm making 400 bucks a month cash flow. And then the comments underneath some of these videos that you're showing us are really more interesting than anything because consumers are like, 
This is why people hate realtors. They imagine being the renter inside that house and having your realtor on your front porch doing a speech like that, or the fact that they're they're making our industry look so easy when it's not. It's the opposite. And they go, we need to act like professionals and and prepare people for reality and say, listen, you know, just like when you get on the airplane, what do they say every time? If there's a change in atmosphere or uh, pressure in the cabin, oxygen mass will fall. And you know, how many times have you flown and it's never happened? But the one time it does, you know what's going to happen and you know what to do. It says, they tell you what to do. It's boring. As real estate agents, like this gentleman was saying yesterday, this, this Ross, he was like, you need to tell people that, hey, listen, real estate is a series of decisions. I'm here to guide you through them, good and bad. And here's things to get excited about. There's things to get watch out for. I'm going to guide you through that process and make sure that you're making the absolute right decisions for you and your family. And that's the guiding service that we get. And you get some of these people, you know, it's almost like they're the insider realtor videos, like, haha, funny realtor, but I don't want consumers to see that. And unfortunately, consumers do see it and they think we're idiots. My my counter argument to that is um, TikTok, how it was laughed at and made fun of these 15 year olds dancing on there. And then six months, a year later, all the YouTubers came aboard, all the influencers, yep. then the actors, then the movie stars, they start dancing and it's normal. So similar to the Mr. Uh, Lindell with the signs, it may look stupid to you guys, but I think it's working. So no, I'm not, I'm not saying that part. I think you're missing my point. I'm talking about like when they, when they talk about money or they talk about like that girl's wearing a shirt that said something about being a gangsta. And I'm like, come on, that's not, that has nothing to do with being professional. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not saying that I wouldn't dance in a video. I'm not saying I wouldn't dress up like Santa Claus and put a sign in the yard saying coming soon with Christmas music. I think that stuff is great. You know, um, I do video all the time. I think what's important is that, and I talked to a lot of beginning agents about, about that, is that what, what Andy does and then what Chris Rooney does, we're different, but we both do our things well. We don't both do good. Um, and, you know, I might wear a suit a lot of times just because it's just because my other clothes don't fit. Well, no, but <laughs> it's just, true. Yeah, yeah, true. But, uh, but you know what I mean? I mean, it's kind of like, you know, Andy is a flip-flop wearing guy, but when you meet him, you know, that's the kind of guy he is. He's just that kind of guy and he's cool, but he knows what the hell he's talking about. And I think that's what happens sometimes with these videos that, People are being able to show who they are, and that might appeal to someone with them. So it might not appeal to everyone. You know but what? It might you guys are right. I, I don't. Yeah, yeah, I don't think there's a one size shoe that fits all. I really don't. I, I, I think that you're right, and I think that it does awaken other people's in, interest. I just don't like it when we cheapen our industry, and I don't like it when we cheapen our position and what we do as a professional. It's like acting like a doctor on the operating table, going, "All you do is cut, 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 and it's twenty-three thousand. Bam." Your doctor doesn't do that. Your doctor you see all the nurses. Do There's a lot of nurses during the whole thing we can't talk about that were doing TikTok dances and whatnot. Yeah. So it's coming to that too. Okay. Yeah, okay well, here's, I, don't, here's, I don't pick my nurse. The nurse is assigned to me. So here's, here's my other here's my other thing. I think if Andy started doing these things, he would he would blow up. I'm just saying. He's the perfect person to do this stuff in a but yet give it the Hey, this is who I am, but yet not keep away that you, the information you're giving is good. I'm telling you, I've been saying it for a long time. So just say it.
you um I, i'm so like dumb my eyes are i'm like looking around and then i try to read something and i'm like about the time i'm halfway through the sentence it switches to something else i know that see for me like true. tiktok if you could pause tiktok that'd be great well here's the thing on that too is that if you did like behind andy if he kept those things shut all winter long his uh his windows would be rotted away in probably two years because right. of all the condensation. So that's what, it's so funny you say that because that's exactly what I was thinking when I'm like, okay, I'm gonna calm down. I'm not gonna sound like such a grumpy old man, but that's exactly what I was thinking. Just like the dumb, there are so many dummies that put the actual like uh, uh, the plastic clear plastic wrap on the outside of their house um, to to help warm up the windows. I'm like, you know, you're basically making a greenhouse to rot your freaking windows out. You put it on the inside. So the moisture doesn't get to your windows. I've never seen someone do it on the outside. Oh my God. It's done all the, pay attention. Actually, when you're driving around this winter, people do it all the time. I will. You put that wrap, that clear wrap on the outsides. Uh, this segment is winter horror stories. Has anything crazy happened to you or your clients during the winter when you're trying to sell, buy, etc.? Uh, I've got a story. Okay, so I was um, going to a house and uh, it was a listing of mine and I was dropping um, the lockbox and putting it on the front door and it was snowing out, it was beautiful. Um, pulled up the driveway, jumped out, put the lockbox on the house and all of a sudden I go, I woke up and I had about a half an inch of snow on me. And I'm like, I literally, they had a wood front porch and my feet went out. I went whap, hit my head so hard. I knocked out and I was laying there. I didn't even know it was, ha I woke up with snow on me and I'm like, why am I covered with snow? And, and so that was a nightmare story for me. I, uh, it was that, that be careful if you have wood is what I'm saying. So if you have a wood front porch or whatever, and it's getting wet, Wet and wood can be slippery, um, just like anything else, um, or, or the epoxy coated floors. I've had people where they go out on an open house and somebody just clean the floor and there's still little puddles of water and they slip. Um, that, anyway, that's how my old man. I'm, I got something like an old man today. No, how, how long were you out? You I, enough to get about a half an inch of snow on me. I must have been out for five minutes or more. It was snowing pretty hard, but. Oh, that's scary. I mean, that is, but that that is the. I think when you talk about winter horror things happening, that yeah. is what it is. I mean, your client, your client falling, your client crashing, your, uh, you know, your your seller having someone come up to their house during that snowstorm and falling, and there's a lot of there's liability there, you know, with people. Yeah. So we had. When I was all wet too. I mean, I I had to go home and change my out. I, I literally fell on the fresh snow and it was melting as I was laying there. And so my shirt, my coat, everything, I was soaked. So you were just meeting a client there or were you? No, just putting a lockbox on the front door. Oh, so you're listing. Um, yeah, it was one of my listings, yeah. And so then I'm like, okay. So I literally picked myself back up and I'm like, I thank goodness did not have anything major, you know, that I could tell. And I, I had, and I'm, I'm that guy that has the pickup truck. So I had a little salt. So, um, we, we uh, you know, we're, we're using the salt. I salted their walkway for them. Nick, we had a, a an agent that worked for us that during the whole foreclosure thing that was showing houses down downtown and um, finding inhabitants in vacant homes 
you know, that are, they're trying to stay warm <laughs> and, and, and in shelter. And uh, that agent got whacked, nailed with a, uh, you know, over the head and got his stuff taken from him. Well, anyways, that, uh, that he, thank gosh, he didn't get killed or anything like that. But <sighs> that was a, I mean, that, that was a scary time. I mean, Andy, you were selling some of those houses in Minneapolis yeah. for ten, twelve thousand dollars a crack, weren't you? Yeah, they were um, the kind of the old rule of thumb was two bedrooms would go for twenty thousand, three bedrooms would go for thirty, four bedrooms would go for forty. Um, is kind of the rule of thumb. We'd list them out and they'd be gone with multiple offers, cash investors. They were going out and getting lines of credit and buying these houses, and now they're all selling for two hundred, two fifty. Um, it was a fantastic opportunity. I, I just you know I struggled with it because I was dealing with the the um, the human side of it, which is always difficult when somebody's living somewhere and you have to remove them from their home. That was, that was a part of this. I hated, I actually hated it. Um, I don't, I don't hate many aspects of this business, but you know, even if somebody screwed up and they deserved it or they missed their payments or whatever, I, I always had such a soft heart for those people. And I was never the pushy agent. I, I would always ask for uh, money from the banks and and try to provide them with relocation dollars and you know i'll tell you what for as much as people make fun of uh bank of america bank of america was probably one of the most generous banks i worked with where i mean when there was people in a house a family they'd offer them five to ten thousand dollars of relocation assistance um and i mean i had one where it was a group home and there was four adult males living in this house they offered them twenty thousand dollars to help them relocate those individuals and it was it just worked out great and i got a check for each one of them um so it was really anyway so that helps but it was those were I, those have nothing to do with winter but um the humane side of our business sometimes you know got a little tricky and i well i felt like at first i was working for the wrong guys and then you know when you're generous to somebody like that and they say hey this is going to change my life and you think what's five grand no big deal um these people it was sometimes life-changing when they had nothing I think you said it doesn't uh, have anything to do with winter, but you were really kind of like Santa Claus. I mean, in a way, giving them that that gift of money to be able to start their life over. So that's pretty cool. I just wish that would uh, happen now rather than everyone trying to just use the system instead. I'm still bitter about this whole rental thing. I, I don't know if you could tell. Yeah. Hey, what uh, do you guys know the, the picture I have where that's from? That's the shining, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's the shining. That was a pretty good photo for the winter. Yeah, Jack hey, Nicholson. Where, where, looked like where was that? Uh, where? What was that hotel called that he was at? We were there. We went there. Uh, what is it called? Know. The what was that called? It's in. Uh, what was that? What was that town? It's in Nick. It's in uh, north of Denver. North of Denver. The Stanley Hotel. The Stanley, Stanley hotel. hotel. There he goes. Red uh, Rum. Let's, let's knock out uh, these questions. Rapid fire. Is new construction getting completed on schedule? Is there still a material shortage? Uh, to answer that question, um, right now, most builders are pushing their builds out to one year um, on normal houses um, just because of the labor shortages, the uh, not, not as much material. It's more labor right now. It, it, it changes month to month, though, Greg. I mean, it's a uh, I, I, I have right now where I have 39 HVAC jobs that are ready to go um, that we can't get a contractor that can handle the additional work and 39. So you want to start a company and, and walk into a, a gold mine. I can give you a hundred jobs a year. 
And, and right now we'll reward whoever takes care of us because we need to have that, um, you know, high level of service because the customers expect a lot The consume, you know, from a consumer perspective, we pass that through. So is the 94 completion to Rogers open up real estate opportunity in the new Metro? 100%. Um, yeah. You answer that one, Chris. Well, I mean, it's, uh, it's obviously anything that, um, has the ability to be able to get you somewhere quicker. It was just like when south of the river, when the new uh, 169 ferry bridge went over, you know, it just opens up. Shakopee got opened up huge because uh, just being able to have access and, and quicker as, access. So yeah, 100%. Although the market's still, I mean, the Albertville St. Michael area is, is crazy. I mean, that school's grown like it's unbelievable up there. Yeah. Yeah. What a, a sad situation. It, what a it's sad. a lot of, it is um, that you're right, Chris. I mean, that area is continuing to grow to the point of where they're going to start feeling the flex on their on their systems, their grocery stores, their all their business and good. Right. I mean, that's what they want. <clears throat> so now you got all these house tops with humans living in them and uh, they've really expanded surprisingly fast. You know, when you look at the ratios, I don't remember what the ratio is, but let's say your 20 grow your, your town grows 20 percent um, overnight and there's 20 percent more people trying to get into the restaurants. And gas at the gas stations and it, your city will feel it. And so it forces everybody else to grow with it, which I, I think is a good problem. You know, schools will be pushed to their limits. They're going to go from 25 kids a classroom to 35 kids a classroom. And then they start saying, well, we better build another school. So then there's tax levies. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's just the way it goes. Our listeners are looking out for, for you, Andy. The winter storm's coming to Alexandra. You got to stay home. I am going to stay home. I'm uh, I'm heading the other way. I'm heading towards Sioux Falls on uh, tomorrow for my daughter Hannah's birthday. So we're going to head down there. And it's supposed to be snowy that way too. When when it snows down there, it's like the desert, man. There's no trees in sight, and that snow blows once you get out of Mankato. Woo! Hey, make sure to give us a heart, a like. Uh, make sure to subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, any podcast platform. Leave a review if you can. We post three clips a week on our Facebook, easy, digestible content. Shoot those a like, too. Awesome. Another wonderful episode. You guys have a great day. See you, guys. Thanks for joining us this week on the Real Estate Radio Hour. Don't forget to visit our website, realestateradiohour.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast listening app. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or sharing us with a friend. Until next time, stay awesome, Twin Cities.